Ladies and gents, welcome back to another Engineers podcast. Today, we're joined by the Senior Director of Engineering at Typeform, who I know a lot of you will know. Thomas Bernard's joined us, and we're going to be talking about some quite interesting things, particularly around Typeform's product range and how they actually build some of their products, implementing generative AI, which we all know is an extremely hot topic at the moment and how their products reacting to customers' answers. Also creating an engineering culture that can scale globally, which again is a really hot topic with how the world shifted nowadays with COVID, with remote working environments. It's really important building this, especially for B2C businesses where impact is really important for your customers. Thomas, thanks for coming to join us. How are you? I'm very well, Elliot. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. We always start with uh, getting into understanding the person that we're speaking to. So do you want to give us a bit of a background into you, your role, as in your role at the moment at Typeform and some of your experience? Yeah, thanks, sure. Uh, thanks for having me today. So uh, I'm Thomas. Uh, I'm currently based in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Um, I have an interesting and mixed background because I'm born in France, but I also have Canadian flavors um, and I happen to live in the Netherlands. Um, I've been around one year at Typeform um, just earlier this month in June at the time of this recording. Um, before Typeform, I was in the media industry where I worked um, essentially on real-time backend streaming solutions. So it's a completely different domain space than Typeform does. And what struck me with Typeform at the time is the, the impact the company has to the product range. I'll develop that in, in a minute. Um, I have a business and engineering degree and a PhD in computer engineering. So you're going to laugh, but I meant to be a professor. I taught at university and I thought it was my calling, but in the end, I realized management was more relevant for me because I really enjoy making others succeed. Uh, I like teaching still, that's deep in my roots and also enabling people to succeed. Uh, a senior director of engineering at Typeform. So I'm... Um, uh, reporting into the CTO, I'm in the CTO's team, and um, we are basically looking at scaling up the organization. So we're doing that through uh, various um, transformational initiatives to uh, help the, the organization grow. Um, I'm also part of um, what we call R&D, which is a very peculiar thing at Typeform, where we have not only technology I'm part of, but also design and product. So there is a very tight relationship, and that makes it very special for me uh, in the sense that you have this deep connection. Um, we haven't, yeah, that, I can continue for hours, but that's uh, that's essentially me, and I'm very excited to be with you today, Elliot, to discuss Typeform. Pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Talk to us about who Typeform are and then dovetail into your product range because I think a lot of people know Typeform for their surveys, but we know there's so much more that Typeform do. So touch on who Typeform are and then let's talk about their product range. 
Yeah, awesome. Um, so at Typeform, uh, indeed, Elliot, we are known for the, the form builder business, um, but we are much more than that. We have the vision to make the world for personal business relationships and why we put the people at the center of those relationships. So we provide a solution to create human interactions online, which is very different than what you see with other products. So every time we have a product idea in mind, we try to make it conversational and we put the human at the center while we provide the best and the most beautiful user experience. And that's very important for us. That's what I mentioned earlier. We're design-led, not only product-led, but design-led because the whole user experience is very important for us. So for example, um, the Typeform product itself, uh, what make, made it very special when it came out is not only the brand experience that you get from any customer, like you can really put your, your, your look and feel. You also make it like question by question. So from one screen to the next, you bring the question to the customer. And that makes it very lightweight, very conversational, and also very appealing. So you have only the what you need to know and need to converse on the screen. So you remove all the unnecessary details. So this is what we're very known for. And interestingly, we do other products. Um, they are not as known or not yet in the market. For example, we have a great product called Video Ask. Uh, video Ask is um, a different form. It's a video enabling platform that allows you to share very short videos and respond through videos or text. Uh, for example, in very interesting use case is to use that for hiring, for example, where you can just pitch as hiring manager the role that someone would be applying for and you put that next to the posting and that really helps to be a differentiator for the um, for the company you know like and for the candidate it provides a way different experience and again with a human at the center of that conversation if that makes sense yeah okay we are going to talk about it but i can imagine generative ai you know this explosion of it over the last 12 months everyone was thinking, wow, how can we use this to really accelerate parts of our business? Uh, yeah, so very good question there, Elliot. Um, so we've been working with AI for quite a long time. So we have different forms. So we've been quite a big user of predictive AI, which helps with the, the forecasting or understanding the results from the forms themselves. In terms of generative AI, we've been or we have a very close relationship with OpenAI the founders of ChatGPT, for example. Wow. Uh, we're working on several projects and the ones that we have already released as feature of the Typeform product, for example, is to improve the quality of questions, for example. So as a form builder, so when you create your form, sometimes you struggle to uh, find the right questions or if you're not a native English speaker, it may be hard to find the right words. So we have um, generative AIs, an enhancer of content. So you can leverage that to help the form builder to have better questions, better phrased, but also based on the results that you may have received from previous questions, it helps the form builder to select the right questions to get the highest impact. So this is one way we use generative AI. We also use it in different uh, another way, which is, for example, you have different use cases where you can use Typeform. Um, for, um, you use it for lead generation or 
getting feedback, etc. So it can help you actually create the form itself and prepare the questions for you. So the idea with generative AI, it's it's creating less friction to the builder of the form. So then you spend less time, it's effortless, it becomes easier. And this is really what we're all about. And the generative AI component really helps us to bring it to the next level, if that makes sense. So this is very much Typeform specific as a product, but we also have um, another product that came out as beta back in May. So like a couple of months back, it's called Formless. If you look for formless.ai, this is the new generation of how we envision forms online. And Formless is essentially leveraging generative AI big time. So it really helps to have a more tailored experience between the form itself and the user of the form. So the form builder, same process, can use generative AI to prepare the questions, prepare the form, but you can also select even the tone of the questions. You know, Do you wanna be friendly? Do you wanna be formal? So you really help the form builder to further personalize the experience with the end user. So that really brings it to the next level. So if you wanna check it out, it's uh, for- yeah, I'm- about AI, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to. It feels like there's some really good synergy with Typeform and generative AI because you've all, I know this anyway from speaking offline to other people in Spain and Barcelona and some of the Typeform hubs over the last few years, but you've always been a, a UX design-led business. I know you've said that earlier, but I've known that it's been deep-rooted in um, some of the founders' business ideas. So this really does make sense. It's almost like a calling, just how you can use it to really improve and enhance some of your product suite. It makes so much sense. For people that are new to generative AI, how would you describe it in its simplest form? Um that's a very good question. So if you are uh, new to generative AI, you should see that as a enhancer of content. So if you think about a black box, uh, so your input is, uh, give me, for example, like the 10 best restaurants in the area in London and score them. So this is something that generative AI can do for you. It's like an enhanced Google query. So you can use it in that way though that is also used for example like i have a 10 pager i don't have time to read it can you summarize it for me and the generative ai would just collect the information of those 10 pages and give you a summary if you request of you know of one page so it's really a uh, content enhancer um, it helps you summarize information it helps you generate new information which is very suited for these types of use cases how has generative AI changed your business? Because I'm racking my brains thinking about the acceleration of how it's changed it in probably quite a short period of time. Um, so we've been quite ahead of the wave in a way that uh, when it came out in the fall last year to the general public, we already knew from our relationship with OpenAI that was something that was very useful for us. Uh, if you look at the segment we're in with Typeform as a product and other product range, we are like uh, using conversation, you're using, you know, creation. 
And typically, this is well suited for those use cases because it helps the user of the product, so the builder of the forms themselves, for example, to have um, a faster creation of the form. So generative AI is very useful there. We are aware of this. And how that transforms the business is in the sense that you have actually a customer demand for this. They said, oh, wow, this is cool. How do you use this? So it's not only a buzzword and people realize how useful that is, but at the same time, it's like how basically you would spend much less time doing stuff that would take you 10 minutes. Now it take, takes you one minute. For example, you can use your phone, you create a form and it might, you, know, you need to type stuff. It's, you know, it's not the best experience. It takes time. You don't have time to waste. What Generative AI really helped us there is like, wow, you can do it in one minute. I want to do this, this and that. Do it for me. So again, you remove the friction, it's effortless, and that's really what it does, not only for Typeform as a business, but also most companies that can use this kind of technology. How are your customers reacting? Uh, they, they love it. So most of what I described earlier in terms of use cases are beta features because we're still collecting feedback to further refine. But so far, they, people love it. You know, if you, if you see that there is a gain of time, to create forms, that really, really uh, makes a big difference, you know, versus competition. Whilst at the same time, if you look at the big products like uh, Notion, if you know, like the, the, the information management system, they already have that, for example, to deal with the text, to enhance the text. So it's, it's becoming uh, very common to have this. So as a customer, you expect to have it. Yeah. So anyone who doesn't have this today is a, <laughs> in a difficult situation because this is the piece of technology you would expect to have. Even if you do, for example, like uh, your Gmail that you use, you have a special function in your Gmail to say, okay, pimp up my email to make it sound better or just generate something like around this line, a complaint, you know, because I didn't have a good hotel experience. So it's becoming common, you know, it's just like when you had the iPhone, it, it was new. But now you expect when you buy a phone, I expect all this functionality. And that's the same kind of disruption we're seeing with generative AI. You expect to have this, you know, in any product. Yeah. Not necessarily to your customers, but would you say you've identified any risks at this moment in time? Um. So there are some risks uh, with uh, generative AI. So, for example, um, genera generative AI doesn't do a good job in terms of uh, dealing with the data. So if you, if you deal with specific data, you have to be very cautious where your data you know, goes through. So you have to have a clear understanding of how the systems operate together. Some companies like Notion, for example, they have brought everything in-house and they deal with their own like, uh, LLM implementation. That's one choice. If you, if, you, if you are in that space where data really matters, it, you have to be aware of that. So that's one thing. Uh, another is the accuracy of the outcome of generative AI. It's very good for a domain that has been heavily documented, but... Uh, there are limitations, for example, if you want to ask uh, unclear prompts or unclear questions, where you may not get the best outcome. So it depends it, how understanding the limitation of the technology, and these are like the things to be aware of.
Yeah, one of the things as you're explaining how you're enhancing the product suite was if there are more products around audio, video, text, the the data ingestion, which you alluded to, I can imagine is pretty tremendous and probably uh, on an upward trajectory from where you've been since you've actually introduced some of those products. And, and I'm curious, what does this mean for some of the engineering challenges now that you're facing when building some of the products? If you're referring to the challenges to apply generative AI in the products, that um, I can't say there. There's been so many challenges there. I think the the biggest one is to make sure that you address it at the right way and the right level in the product, so it becomes more how you make it the most impactful. But in terms of engineering challenge, we have not seen as much on the integration per se, of the technology. I think you can look at it from a different standpoint. How do you have an existing product and you migrate as in like enhancement with a generative AI in your product? Is this geared towards this? In our case, we got lucky. It's been smooth. Or you can just generate a product like you've seen a lot of them based on generative AI from the ground up. And then that's a different design. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm keen to tuck into a little bit more about the engineering culture and how you've scaled that globally. It is a really unique culture from what I understand. It's very user experience led. It's very customer led. So understanding that and getting into the roots of that would be great. Yes, uh, it's a very good question. Uh... I can't say what we have nailed it, so I just wanted to do a small disclaimer. I mean, it's um, it's not something where you need or you can rest on your laurels. I mean, the engineering culture is very hard to to develop, maintain, and make sure you you, you just rock the boat. Uh, we are a remote first company, meaning that everyone in the company works from home from their own location of preference. Uh, which is a great plus for flexibility, but a great challenge for some that, you know, communication can be hard. Um, so I'll further develop this. Um, another aspect of our engineering culture is we are centered around core values that make a big difference on how we operate within engineering, but also with the rest of the organization. We have five values that are quite relatable, and that's something that we also leverage in our hiring process. So we make sure not only when people say, oh, we're a remote first company, they also need to match those values. So I'm going to go over the values. One, and the first is start from empathy, meaning that every time someone talks or when you discuss with someone from, you know, a different function or from your team, you start from empathy, you listen, you just do not interrupt, you know, you have this kind of empathy and that really makes a big difference on how we communicate with each other. The second value is own it. And as you can imagine, like in a remote first environment, we need to show that, you know, this is the problem we own. We own the solution as well. We can nail this. It's not because you're not in the same room physically that you cannot show that ownership, but that should radiate. And a third one is bring joy to the journey. And that's a very important one, right? So uh, software development is a hard craft. 
you have quite some pressure with deadline, etc. I've seen that in many organizations, but what we should not forget is to have fun while we're doing this. That's very important and we need to celebrate. And that's something we do at Typeform through, for example, company demos that everyone attends, for example, and we celebrate the wins. But the wins can also be failure that we can learn from. And every time we do this, it's not about, again, as I said earlier, start with empathy. It's not about putting blame. It's like congratulating, okay, we're learning there. What did you learn? These are the first you know, questions we ask. Another value we have, which is also very important, is like win together. So we pretty much emphasize the role of team players. We work as a team. And when I say a team, um, in terms of engineering culture, we put, as I said, UX at the center with products. So a team, for example, is a bunch of engineers with a product manager, with an engineering manager, and the UX deep embedded in the team. That's the trio that we operate with, and that works very well. So for example, when you develop a new feature, you always have the product manager working with the UX designer to make sure that we nail this. And that's very important because then that's the whole craft we have around our business. And that's not only Typeform as a product, it's all the product range we have. And the last and fifth value we have is make a difference. So every time we do something, we want to be bold and ambitious. So fail, failing is actually okay. So if, for example, uh, if we're not sure about a product feature, we start with an experiment. So we'd rather start small, like for a couple of weeks or so of work. We see how it works. We push that as a beta to the uh, customer and see how that works. Making a difference is having like ambitious goals, but also act on them. And this is how we operate in engineering. All in all, we're a scale up and we need to be adaptive. And as you mentioned, there's been quite big shifts in the market, like generative AI is one of them. So everyone needs to learn quickly, move quickly. So what we try to do as much as possible is to have small iteration of work with all the teams so we can learn fast. So we improve in the next iteration, if that makes sense while not forgetting to celebrate. I love those values, three and four. You know, celebrating the wins, learning from wins, learning from failures. But that's something I haven't heard on the podcast before. It's something that I haven't seen in a value set that regularly. That's quite unique. It is, it is. And I think for me as engineering leader, um, um often more interested to say like, hey, Elliot, what did you learn today? Where did you fail? And if you hear like an engineering team not failing, it could be that they're not bold enough in what they're attempting to do, right? What I'm saying is really hard because that implies that there is no uh, finger pointing culture. So it's it has to be psychologically safe to achieve that. And I have to say that's quite that can be quite tricky because it's great on paper, but to live it throughout the day, that requires like leaders can can be bold and you know like also engineers being comfortable. Okay, let me try this. So, me at Typeform, I'm I'm really living through those values, and I encourage people to try stuff. Of course, you have to be in the voice of reason. You know, if you fail, you should fail fast. Again, that's the agile mantra, but. It has to be at uh, the organizational level as well. So the leadership team needs to embrace that. 
So the values I shared with you is also all across the organization. So it's very important, like, okay, if we've learned, what did we learn? If that's, you know, you failed, okay, what happened? What will you do better next? And this is how you become better and better over time and you reach excellence, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And encouraging failure is becoming more and more talked about, I find. And I think it's really important if it is a psychological and literal safe environment to do that. But, you know, some of those values are quite intertwined in the sense that you won't be able to celebrate some of your wins if you don't own it, go through failure. So I can see how it is quite cyclical. And I think that the failure part is so, so important to some of that as well. It is, it is. And I, that's coming from my experience as a, as a teacher at university. I mean, you often, you know, emphasize failure in a negative way. And I think this is how we're all wired. Also growing up through the educational system in the West. But it's very important to understand, okay, you failed. What did you learn? And that's often what I missed at school. Okay, what did you learn? It's not about you need to do it better next time. It's like, what did you learn? How can you get better? And over time, again, if that's 1% improvement every day, learning from those failures, then you get better and you get better. And if you are better as an individual and as a team, then you win, right? And you, yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Being a scale-up and being a remote-first business, being a customer-first business as well, what challenges do you see? When I joined Typeform, there was a uh, a lot of noise, for example, in our communication channel. So we use Slack like most technology uh, companies. Um, we would have meetings uh, on all days of the week. So one of the things that what my colleagues suggested was to have async time on Fridays, for example, to allow focus time. So that means that helps to be more focused and move to a more async kind of communication. So for a remote first company and any company that is also across different regions, it's very important to understand like, how do you communicate? Where do you need to be synchronous? So for example, to broadcast in all hands, like key company results, key company changes, that is very important. But sometimes you need to go async and it's very relevant in, you know, if you work across regions, so you don't have to wait for someone's time, you know, at work to review documents. Because what is very important is the whole cycle time for decisions, but also like working on projects. So you have to be very mindful of this and how that impacts your organization is to also think about when you do a remote first company, think about the different uh, hubs you want to have across the globe. So you just specialize some areas so yeah. that it helps to be more autonomous so you have less dependencies across regions. Yeah, it's really challenging. I think culture and communication are probably the things that I hear loudest um, when talking about building a fast-moving business that is customer-led that is remote first culture and communication but you touch on some really interesting points just around synchronous and asynchronous 
communication and establishing those and establishing the certain hubs, I think is really important. It is. And um, if I may suggest some tips for everyone is to think about being like a written first company. Um, so often, you know, we think about, you know, like we're conversing now, Elliot and myself, and it's verbal, but it's also very important to write things, you know, on paper. Like, for example, like uh, when an engineer starts a feature, just put it down on paper so people can consume that information in various ways. So it's very important to understand yeah. different types of learners you have in a company. Some of them are more like audi uh, through audio, some others like through text or visuals. But what really matters the most is whether you're async or asynchronous in your communication is to write things down because it yeah. really, really helps to move faster. It helps in a way that you can validate or in invalidate ideas much quicker than if you're just verbal. And that really yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I learned that in 2019. It stays with me because I worked with a business who were remote first. And honestly, it was probably one of my first experiences of it. And they explained we're online, written first. That's how we communicate with one another. And that was quite powerful for me when I was thinking about how I communicate with other people, that especially when it's asynchronous, I probably need to be as detailed, written and over communicative as possible so that someone could understand my message as if I was speaking to them face to face. So that's something that I learned. It's something that I still need to practice, by the way, uh, but it's something that I'm conscious of. I, I think we, we all do, Elliot. I mean, the, um, I'm not pretending I, I master this or type from that. I think we all, we all struggle there. I mean, the thing is with the workforce evolving now to either yep. remote first, hybrid or at the office, you'd be surprised. I used to work with uh, a company before that was like, that was before COVID in uh, work from the office uh, solution, but we were cross-site. Even there, like we had to be more uh, intentional and in writing things mm. down. And it was not always the case. So what you're describing to me now already there was a problem. And I think mm. at least on my side, what I've learned painfully through COVID is to really emphasize that even more, as you said, to be more detailed, to be more intentional. This is what I mean there. And sometimes, especially when you work with non-native speakers, to be very concise in how you phrase things and add yeah. the right context. Because otherwise, I mean, that can lead, you know, to misinterpretation, um, you miss yeah. the, po the point, or you don't invalidate things, you know, at the right time, and you don't fail fast enough, if you see what I mean. So writing yeah. things down really makes a big difference. And that for sure. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I I'm keen to understand where a type form going to be in six, 12 months time, what are you planning that you can share with us in confidence? Um, I have a few things in mind. So we have um, an exciting road ahead. Um, so in, in different areas. So let, let me first go over uh, the type from the product itself. So we have an ambitious goal to go by 2024 to 1 billion submission so when we say submission is people responding to forms we are around a quarter of that at this point in time 
So that is a company goal, but at the same time, it, it is an engineering goal. So how do you get there with your system? So it's very ambitious because it's only, um, well, 18 months from now, a year and a half. We need to understand, okay, where are the bottlenecks of our systems? Uh, where do we need to improve? Uh, how do we make sure that scales at that level? How is the service available? You know, at that scale, like high throughput kind of thing. So I have to say I'm coming from the real time, you know, streaming industry. So these things really mattered. But at type form, you know, it's gonna be become like one billion submission, man. That's a lot of folks. Like it's a huge reach around the globe. So that's that's a big ambitious business goal, which is actually a very much technology goal as well for us. So that's type form specific. Beyond that, we want to roll out more generative AI features. Uh, I won't disclose all of them because some of them I, I know and others, we're still like trying to figure out how we can be even better, but we are also preparing, um, and I'm very excited about this. Like um, I'm a big fan of simplicity, you know, like this is why I love Typeform. It makes things done faster and neatly. And I saw this week on how we can improve the UX even better so that it becomes even easier for the form builder and the user of the form in terms of experience. And that really wow. brings it to the whole new level, like how can you simplify even more? So that's going to come up also in the, in the coming six to 12 months. So that's type form specific. And beyond that, we have separate products we're hoping to launch beyond like the beta form, like Formless, for example, and video aspect to grow that business as well. So there is a very exciting road ahead, I have to say. That, that's quite a nice 18 months. I knew it would be UX and design-led <laughs> as well. Um, so I thought there'd be some stuff around that, but understanding a little bit more about the technology scale, it's interesting to see, can you go, can you go and 4X in the next... 18 months i've got every confidence by the way um that you'll be able to do that obviously you know customer demand allowing but i'm sure you guys will figure it out yeah yeah it's uh, it's very exciting so as i said we have business challenges uh technology challenges um it's very very exciting and from what we see in the business there is a real demand yeah. for the product and what I see, again, I think the main demand would be how we provide a simplified approach to get things done faster. I think that is essentially what people want. And at the same time, how do you keep things, you know, uh, engaging? You know, like you, if you use, for example, other competition, uh, what you see in the competition with uh, Jotform or Google Forms, it's not the same. You feel friction. It's heavy. I mean, you will still see some folks like you, you want things to be seamless. You want to be fast because, frankly, you have other things to do, right? But that's really uh, yeah, what drives us forward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, alongside the business and technology growth or the product and technology growth, where will the business grow? We've got lots of people that listen to us regularly that will have heard of Typeform, will have used Typeform, no doubt be interested. Where will you be hiring and growing? Growing in terms of a business, uh, I think there is a lot of room in North America and Europe. I think there is 
even more growth in other countries where English is not the main language. So we're looking at features to support other languages natively in the product. So like uh, Middle East or uh, um, and other countries like where the, the 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 alphabet is different and that makes a difference in the product. So again, like UX at the center. Um, we want to grow beyond, um, let's say, uh, the business segment. So emphasize enterprise customers and so on. Um, and in terms of the hiring, where we want to do this, as I said, we have a global footprint. Um, we are uh, we have, I think, forty plus nationalities these days. Wow. Um, I have to think carefully locating how many countries and frankly I don't even know the number to a point that in-house one of our engineers has developed um, what we call the Typeformer map which is a website internal website where you have everyone's location and who is where etc and that's, cool. that's the first thing it's really cool so then you see okay where are you based etc okay San Francisco okay I see where you are etc or you're in in, in London but next to that, there is also a quiz area where you can quiz, okay, oh, this is Elliot. Oh, it started there. Okay, boom. You know, you have different faces and names, and this is how you get to know each other, which I thought was very interesting. And that came from a Hackathon Week we have just as a project that came out in... Love it. Yeah, it was really cool. And that really helps to know who is who. It's some sort of internal Facebook, if you see what I mean. Yeah, that's great. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I think... For anyone listening, we've heard just how global Typeform are. There's a lot going on over the next 18 months, product and tech-wise. Keep an eye on their careers page, which will be in the description below, and reach out to Thomas if there's levels of interest in regards to hiring or actually going through an interview process. Thanks for coming to join us, Thomas. We're going to wrap up. I do really appreciate it. And obviously learning a little bit about Typeform, the business, being a user, having seen them around for years and years and have heard great things. It's a pleasure to have you guys on board and talk about, you know, some of the internal workings and mechanisms around that. And good luck. Good luck. Thank you, Elliot. I, I really enjoy this podcast. Thank you very much for having me today. and. Um... Yeah, if folks have any question, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can drop me a line. You can uh, reach out to Elliot directly. I mean, we're in touch. So uh, yeah, that was fun. Thank you. My absolute pleasure. And as usual, for everyone listening, like, share, subscribe, and share and show your friends. That's important. Bye for now. See you, folks. Bye guys thanks for watching this episode uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us if you want to find out more about us and what we're doing please check us out on social media what we're trying to do at engineers is build a community to drive knowledge sharing and experiences on twitter we can be found at engineers.io it's no underscore we've also got a website which is engineers.io these links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.